You already know who's talking hoops. What it is, who's talking hoops. It's your coach talking hoops. Come on, hoops. It's your coach talking hoops. Talking hoops. Talking hoops. Talking, talking, talking hoops. It's your coach. You already know what it is. It's your coach that knows hoops the most, man. We back for season three. You already know how it be. And you know I had to keep y'all in the loop, man. You know Coach Cam is back. I'm off the recruiting men for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Got to bring the talking hoops because there's a lot of hoops to talk about in 2021. So in 2020, um, we had a lot of things going on. We had no March Madness. You had the NBA in the bubble. Uh, high school started late. No AAU. So, like, I'm just glad 2020 is over. All right? We made it through 2020. Tip your cat. Not a lot of people had an opportunity to say that they made it through 2020, but we did. We here. And now we can talk more hoops, man. So, so what's the deal with 2021? Where we at? Where we at with things? Uh, you know, this week, we're going to talk about a plethora. Yeah, I'm expanding my vocabulary, okay, with this new microphone. A plethora of things to talk about basketball-wise. You know, we got to talk about the NBA, talk about James Harden and Kyrie and KD, how that situation is going. Got to talk some college hoops. The Big Ten's popping off. Uh, they've been playing for a while. Best conference in the country. I've been saying that for years, um, and this is no mistake this year. Going to talk about the Big Ten. The GLIAC are playing back-to-back games that started this past weekend. Going to talk about a few teams and players in the GLIAC. And then I want to do a little deep dive on the NAT rankings that came out. There's some glaring things going on with some Michigan players and some Michigan teams. So going to do a nice little deep dive on that. But it's your coach that knows who's the most, man. You know where I'm going to start. Start off with the NBA. And it's different, man. The NBA is different this year. You know, you got cases of COVID, coaches and players getting it. But it's just different. I kind of liked how the bubble was because in the bubble, you know, you knew what you were getting. You knew you didn't have a whole lot of just stand-in fans and empty seats. And it was basically like just a gym. And you ain't playing in a big gym. Uh, playing in these arenas without fans is a little bit different. And even though they got the crowd noise on crazy and I kind of like when they did with the music and stuff like that in the bubble. It just looks different. It looks and kind of feels different. I'm a basketball fanatic, so I'm going to watch regardless. But I kind of like watching the bubble better than watching what I'm watching now. And you can see some of that transfers into how some of these guys are playing. Some of these guys are not having a season that they had when they were in the bubble. Some of these guys are not having a season that they had last year in front of some fans. So you really get to tell who's really invested, who really wants to be the best, right? Because Bradley Beal is trying to show everybody in the NBA he's the best player in the NBA. He dropping 50 and 60, and he going up, up and under and dunking on cats. And somebody please get Bradley Beal out of, out of Washington, please. somebody Get him out of there. Just get him out of there. Uh, because he's wasting some of his best years. He's just rotting in, in Washington, man. I, I don't like to see it, but the, the not, not the bubble, but the NBA this year is just not to say it's hard to watch. It's not hard to watch. Still good basketball. It's just different. And a couple of headlines to start off season three. You already know how it be. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is James Harden. James Harden um, started off the preseason basically saying he wanted to trade. And I don't know when it became a trend for these high-profile high superstar players to just demand a trade, to just say, you know what, I don't want to be here anymore, trade me over to the Lakers, like AD did. AD basically told the Pelicans, trade me to the Lakers. And guess what the Pelicans did? They traded him to the Lakers. Now, the Lakers did have some assets, so it helped. That they can bring in Brandon Ingram, and they can bring in Jason Hart, and they can bring in Lonzo Ball. So they had some assets. But for AD to say, hey man, trade me to the Lakers, and I got two, three years on my contract, kind of set the tone for the superstars to basically tell the, the management where they want to play if they're not happy with their situation. So what's, Russell Westbrook is gone, right? Russell Westbrook is in Washington with Bradley Bill. Not a good combination. Going to talk about that here in a few. Chris Paul. Chris Paul is gone. Chris Paul left two years ago, but you get what I'm saying. You, it's just him, basically. It's just him. 
Now, you got, they were able to trade Russell Westbrook for John Wall. So you got something for Russell. But John Wall is just, he John Wall. I mean, he's not a superstar. He's like a mid-tier player to me. I don't know about you guys. I'm not looking at John Wall as a stupid superstar player. Very good player. Don't get me wrong. Is he all league? No, but he's a very good player. And when you put him alongside of James Harden, I don't know. I mean, James Harden, he started out the first three games, 36, 38, 33. And in the last four, he hasn't gotten over 25 points and he hasn't taken over 20 shots. So it's like, what's going on in Houston? We understand that he don't want to be there. Correct. Got it. But who really wants James Harden? Let's, let's just be honest. Let's keep it a bean. Who really wants James Harden on their roster? Not too many teams want a 31-year-old guy who could go out and get you 30 and probably eight or nine assists and probably won't take you to a championship either. So who, who's really winning here? Is it best for just James Harden to just keep playing in Houston, getting his money, and if he gets to a championship, good? Or is Philly really saying, I'm really going to give up Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons, who to this day, both of them guys are playing very well. They're playing very well. The Sixers are third in the East right now. They're playing very well. Kind of low-key, under the radar. Joel Embiid hasn't been doing any crazy stuff, which is what I like. They, they stick it to the basketball. Ben Simmons finally made a three. Uh, from deep, they called it. Man, he just shot an NBA three. It wasn't from deep, but he went either here nor there. So the Sixers, who might have had some opportunities with some picks and some players to trade for James Harden, it just wouldn't have been a good mix. I mean, him and Ben Simmons... That ain't a good mix, and him and Embiid ain't a good mix. So who really wants James Harden on their roster? I don't know. I think it's best fit for James to just stay in Houston. Go ahead, get your 30 and 11. You know, build a relationship with John Wall to become a two-headed monster because Christian Wood is playing phenomenal basketball. He's averaging 24 and 7, and the Pistons just let him walk away. They let him walk right out the front door, and... He's a good piece for Houston. Eric Gordon's got to get it going. He's averaging about 14 points a game, so he got to get it going. But Houston, not quite sure what they're going to do with uh, James Harden, and I don't see them trading him. So we're going to be watching that throughout the year. So let's talk about the Wizards, man. So they picked up Wessel Westbrook. You got Bradley Beal, and that, uh, that combination is oil and water. I think that combination is worse than Russell and Harden. I think that Bradley Beal... And Russell Westbrook are on two totally ends of the spectrum, basketball-wise. Are they great players? Yes. Do they play great together? No. That tandem is a huge no for me. And you can see when Russell Westbrook is out, Bill goes crazy. Somebody get that man out of Washington, man. Somebody get Bradley Bill out of Washington. He don't need to be there. Because he he just, first of all, he should have been on the All-Star team last year. I mean, he averaged 30-something and don't make the All-Star team. Who, wh how? Right? But just get that man out of Washington, man. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, so who's the best team in the East? Who's the best team in the East? Right now, if you had to place a bet, who you putting your money on? Well, if, if it's me, I'm not putting my money on none of these East teams. It's, it's a crapshoot. It could be any of them. It could be the Bucks. It could be the Pacers. It could be the Celtics. It could be the Magic. It could be the Heat. Like, you don't know, especially early on in the season. You just don't know. The Greek Freak finally got it going last couple of games. They struggled out the gate. Uh, they picked up Drew Holiday in the offseason. That was a good pickup for them. Uh, Chris Middleton, very good player. He's kind of uh, very up and down, though. Very up and down. Need him to be a little bit more consistent where he can give you 25. I need 25 a game. I need Michael Red out of you. I need, I need Michael Red, right? Because Giannis, he ain't making the three. So he's going to need some guys around him that can. So Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are going to have to pick that up. Um, and Lopez has been solid for them as well. So you got the Bucs. Uh, but, I mean, they're not playing like they were last year. Right now, they're, they're number two in the East. If it's any team I, right now that I like in the East, I like the Celtics. And the reason why I like the Celtics, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown it's one of the best duos in the NBA. Tatum and Brown, believe it. Come up with some type of nickname for that duo. Those guys, they're giving you 50 a game. 25 and 25, each one of them, 50. So you could pencil in everybody else. When they show up, they're getting 50. They're getting 50 at least. 
And it might be 60. You let both of them get 30. I mean, these two guys have been playing at a very high level. Tatum has already had three game winners already. Season is 11 games in. He's got three game winners. Like, if he keeps this up, like I said last season, Tatum is kind of Kobe-ish, man. He is. I'm not saying he's Kobe, but he's Kobe-ish, right, with the game winners. And he's got it on a string now. I mean, he's... Tatum is playing very good basketball. So if, if I had to go with anybody at the East, I would go with the Celtics right now. They ranked number one. They're seven and three. Uh, but what's up with the Nets, man? What's up with Kyrie? What he doing, man? Somebody go get your guy Kyrie because he tripping. He tripping, tripping. He he reminded me of Ricky Williams when he was with the Miami Dolphins talking about he's going to go on a hiatus and don't ever come back. And then you never saw the same Ricky Williams that was running for Texas. This is what we're seeing with Kyrie. That Kyrie that was in Cleveland that was getting 40 in, in game seven and hitting the game winner for the chip, we not seeing that Kyrie. This Kyrie, his mind is somewhere else. And hopefully he can get back to basketball because he's a phenomenal basketball player. But for him taking games off for personal reasons, it's not a good look. And then you go ask KD about it, and KD is kind of to the point where it's like, hey, yeah, man, go, go, go talk to your mans. You, you talk to him. You want to know where Kyrie is? You go ask him. You know, Ky you know KD is kind of getting tired of it too. And the reason why is because the first couple of games, they was rolling. Both of them, KD, Kyrie, they looking like they straight to the chip. And, and now they're in 11th place. So now you're looking at the Nets and, and Kyrie's situation. It's like, what's going on? This is one of the better teams in the East, per se, in the first couple of games. And now you look up, and they, they tie for 10th with a 5-6 and six record. And Kyrie, he ain't going to be playing in a week. So you might as well, we not going to hear from Kyrie till you hear from my next podcast. So what's going to happen in them three, four games? Say they drop all three or four. Well, that puts them at like 5-10. and 10. And then KD is going to be start scratching his head. Like, oh, dog, I ain't signed up for this, man. I ain't signed up to not make the playoffs in East. I ain't signed up for this. So either we fix it or best believe I'm going to exercise my player calls for a trade and I'm out of here. And that very well might happen. So we're going to watch KD and Kyrie in that situation. Hopefully Kyrie can get his stuff together because that dynamic duo is very dynamic when they're on the floor playing. So... You got K K uh, KD and Kyrie. Let's talk about the West, man. The Lakers, they won a championship in the bubble. Uh, so shouts out to them. But it's a new season, and they on cruise control. The Lakers are on cruise control. Let's just call it a spade. Cruise control. And guess what? They still the number one team in the West. They're still, they don't even look interested. AD can go out and get 25 and 12 with his eyes closed. LeBron can get 19, 8, and 7 with his eyes closed. Them two guys, they chilling, man. They chilling, and they still got the best record in the West. So the Clippers is right behind them. But the thing is, the Clippers got to put forth a lot of energy to be where they're at. And the Lakers don't. And that's the difference between the Lakers and the Clippers right now. The Lakers are on cruise control. Even though them young boys, Taylor Hurt and Tucker and Alice Caruso, they diving on the floor. They throwing it off the glass. Like, they bringing them some energy. I mean, uh, uh, Harrell and Schroeder. Oh, man, those are two great pickups in the offseason. So they picked up some pieces in the offseason that is kind of keeping them more relevant, keeping them going, that they ain't got no film and stuff about. They in cruise control, man. Lakers in cruise control. Just just wake them up when the, a week before the playoffs. That's basically what, uh, what it is. Just wake them up when we're supposed to really play, and then we'll play because right now they in cruise control. So who else in the West? I'll tell you what, the Nuggets going from 4th to 10th is a big deal. I don't know what's going on in Denver, but early on in the season, they look, some games, they just don't look interested. And Jokic, you know, we called him the best big in the league, and right now, he's playing good. He's playing good. But for, for Denver to be a top four or five team in the West, he needs to be great. He don't need to just be good. He needs to be great. So they better figure that out out in Denver because there's no way they should be five and five and out of the playoffs if they started today. Of uh, The Suns, man, look, CP3, give him some credit. CP3, you got to give him credit now. He's won everywhere he's went. He went to OKC. He took them to the playoffs. He went to Houston, took them to the playoffs. He went back and took OKC to the playoffs with a young, with a young core that nobody even knew about, and he took them to the playoffs. Now, I've always been critical of CP3 not being able to get to a Western Conference championship. I've always been critical of him for that. But what he's doing in Phoenix... And going and hooking up with Devin Booker, 
Whoa. Uh, DeAndre Ayton and those guys? Whoa. Like, right now, they're third team in the West. So you got you got to respect what Chris Paul has done in the later half of his career, last four or five years. He's been very successful outside of winning the championship, outside of getting the Western Conference Finals. I've always called Chris Paul um, a talented loser. And not just Chris Paul, guys like Chris Paul. Guys that go out and get the numbers but don't win the big games. Those guys are talented losers. I think I'm going to transition CP3 out of that mode. He's no longer a talented loser. He's a winner. He ain't a champion. So, so let's, let's understand. He's not a champion, but he's still a winner. He's still a winner. So I will go with a point guard who is a winner. I'm not going to call him a talented loser anymore. Because he's not. He's a winner. He's a winner. I mean, when you, get you go to multiple franchises and you get multiple teams to the playoffs every year, there has to be something said about that. I mean, the Clippers have been one of the worst franchises in America, in the NBA. Chris Paul gets there, and they go on to the, you know, the playoffs every year. Now, did they win it? the Western Conference? No. It's a tough conference to win. So you got to give CP3 credit for winning with this young group in Phoenix, and they're, they're going to be a contender in the West. So it's your coach, you know, who's the most uh, – Got into my, you know, my NBA takes or whatnot. You know, I got to talk about all levels of basketball. Got to talk about college and NBA and the NCAA and D2 and overseas because that's what I do, man. That's what I do. Not everybody can do what I can do. And this is keep it a buck. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people with their podcasts and their scouting services and all that, they not Coach Cam. I'm on my toot toot beep beep. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? Because what I bring is different, man. I played at all the levels. I coached at all the levels. I've seen at all the players. I mean, I ain't played in the NBA, but I've watched enough basketball to totally understand what's going on. And that's why I'm different, man. Coach Cam is different, man. So we're going to keep this party rolling. You know, we always got to talk about college. And one of the things that I like to talk about when we start talking about college is the Big Ten. The Big Ten is the best conference in America. It always has been. It's always been. It's their power five school. The Big Ten is no longer a football conference. The Big Ten is a basketball conference. The, the Big Ten used to be a football conference where you had, you know, teams like Michigan and Nebraska. Well, this is before Nebraska was winning championships. Uh, Penn State, Ohio State, you know, big time football, Wisconsin, you know, four or five teams ranked in the top ten. And then you just see Ohio State get smoked in the national championship to Alabama, straight up smoked. Like a ham turkey on Thanksgiving, man. They got smoked. But what that tells you is the Big Ten ain't no football conference no more. It's a basketball conference. Of the 11 of the 12 teams, and we, we mentioned the NET rankings, these teams are all ranked in the top 100 outside of Nebraska. Everybody else is top 100, the entire league. And you can tell how strong your league is depending on where you're ranking and where your ranking is. If you got six or more teams in the top 100, you're a power five high major conference. If half of your conference is, is located in the bottom 100 or, you know, in the mid 100s, probably not a power five school. So the ACC is like that. The Big East is like that. The Big Ten is definitely like that. So if you're looking, if you, if you want validation of whether your conference, your best team, your conference is a high major school, look at the other schools in that conference and where they're ranked. If you start seeing 202 and 208 and 218, it ain't happening. If your conference got 58, 36, 11, 12, 4, yeah, yeah, that you a conference that needs to be reckoned with. So the Big Ten, man, the Big Ten is booming. Michigan is still undefeated. When is the media going to talk about the Michigan Wolverines? Because they're not. They had a good run last year. Remember, they knocked off two ranked teams. They had to beat the number two ranked team in the country just to get ranked in the top 25. So at what point are we going to give Michigan some respect? Oh, they got it now. They ranked top five in the country now. And they got the best recruiting class coming in. So when we go start talking about Michigan, you hear about Gonzaga. But when we go start talking about Michigan, they undefeated. Now, they play Wisconsin tonight, which is a big game because Wisconsin is ranked in the top 10 as well. So that's a big game for Michigan. So I really, 
I, I really think that Michigan has to play well in the big games. So when they play against Ohio State, you got to dominate. When you play against Purdue, you got to beat Purdue. When you play against Wisconsin, you got to beat Wisconsin. So we're going to be watching them when you play Michigan State. You got to beat Michigan State because they're struggling. We're going to talk about that in a second. You got to dominate. And if you don't, then some rankings will change. Right now, they top five in the country with the top recruiting class coming back. Nobody saw this from Juwan Howard. We're going to give Juwan Howard his props. It's about due. It's about due that we say, yeah, maybe Juwan Howard does know what he's talking about. Now, if he takes a total nosedive the next 10 games, then we can say something different. But for right now, Juwan Howard's one of the top five coaches in the game. He has to be. He got the number one recruiting class and the top five team in the country. What else he got to do to get some respect to let you guys know that I could really do this and I could do it at a high level and I'm a fan five guy too. So this is the school I graduated from. I'm an alumni. I'm a Michigan man. I'm getting it done. I'm doing what Jim Harbaugh couldn't do in six years and still gets an extension. I hope Jawan Howard gets a 20-year extension. Go ahead and sign up for 20 years. If you're going to sign, if you're going to bring Jim Harbaugh back, if you're willing to do that, then you're willing to sign Jawan Howard for the next 20 years. I need a 20-year, $200 million contract for Jawan Howard. Put it on the books. Because he's worth every penny right now. He's worth every penny. Top five in the country, number one recruit last year. Yeah, they like that. They like that. He he basically has told Izzo, hey, move over, dog. Move over. Yeah. You and your Michigan guys, move over a little bit, even though the Michigan guys are playing well. Hey, man, I could do that too. I could do. I could get a couple Michigan guys, and we could be ranked in the top 10 in the country. I could do that too. So Jamal Howard kind of flexing a little bit. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, interesting to see how they play in the big games because being a top five team in the country is big time in the Big Ten. So you got some other good teams in the Big Ten. You got Iowa and Luke, Luke Zarga. Oh, my gosh. Luke Zarga, uh, he's just a big beast. He's just a big beast. I mean, he gets it done inside, block to block, right hook, left hook, pick and pop jumper, donk. Like, he's a traditional big. He is a traditional big, 6'10", 265, 270. He gets it done on the block. He want that, he want that rock on the block, and he getting it. Is he putting the ball on the floor? No. Is he creating his own shot? No. So those are going to be things that he's going to have to do to expand his game. If he wants to be able to play at the next level, if he wants to be able to play in the NBA, because NBA is all about creating your own shot. If you can't create your own shot, you can't play in NBA. You can't. And when I look at a draft board and he ranked number 43, that says a lot. He's The number two player in this position is ranked 43 on a draft board. So that's telling you, if he's number two in this position, they're not looking for traditional bigs to play in the NBA. They are not. They're not. Hunter Dickerson is a beast for Michigan. He should be on the draft board too, but he's not. Them traditional bigs, man. It's something about them traditional bigs in the NBA. I'm not quite sure what they're going to do, but they're going to do something. So that's Michigan, man. That And... You know, best team in the Big Ten, one of the best teams in the conference. I want to see what they do against Iowa. I want to see what they do tonight against Wisconsin, how they play against Illinois. They've got a tough schedule coming up. They're at, Indi at Iowa. They're at home against Indiana, Illinois. So we're going to really find out these next four games if Michigan is really real or not. If they really will, they go 4-0. If they're pretty good, they go 3-1. If they're just uh, a little too soon, they split. And if they do something worse than a split, then they might have been a fraud. So I don't think they're a fraud. I think they are where they're supposed to be because uh, Sade Brown is, was a phenomenal transfer from Wake Forest. He's been playing very well for them. Isaiah Livers has been playing very well for them. Hunter Dickerson, oh my goodness. Like Sinead would say, oh my goodness. Yeah, he that deal, man. Maryland should be kicking themselves in the head for letting him get away. And then he tried to get off like, yeah, Maryland wasn't recruiting me. I don't believe that. There's no way Dre is going to let Dickerson commit to Michigan unless he recruited him before he got there. Ah, uh, That would be tough if Dre recruited him before he got there and then he goes over to Maryland and it's too late to get on board. Like, dog, your head coach don't rock with me. I could totally see that happen. Because that's how recruiting works, man. These kids, they know which head coach likes them more than the other guy. They know. 
They know. They're like, ah, man, he don't rock with me, so I'm going to go over here. And that's exactly what he's doing. He is rocking and rolling in Michigan. So I want to see what they do in the big games coming up for Michigan. But other teams in the Big Ten, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois. I like what Trey Williams is doing for Purdue. He's getting it done. I mean, they just beat Michigan State 55-54. He hits the game-winning shot. He got 26 points, nine rebounds. I mean, he, he has something to prove. Like, he played like, yeah, Tom, like you should offer me is. What's the deal? You know, and I could totally see if if Izzo, you know, was going in a different direction for that class. I mean, you never know. Every class is different. But recruit the mitten, man. Oh, my goodness. Trey Williams, Cornerstone. Whoo. Man, he's getting it done. I'm sorry. Not Cornerstone. Henry Ford uh, Community Academy. Yeah. Henry Ford. Played there. Henry Ford Academy. So, so Travion Williams is, he's definitely going to be an all Big Ten player. Whether he's first team or, t- or second team, we'll see. But he's been getting it done. Northwestern is a surprising team. They've beat some teams. Uh, Ohio State is in there, Indiana, Minnesota, Rutgers. And then you have MSU. You have Michigan State. What's going on in East Lansing, y'all? What's going on? Uh, Mr. Hall of Fame coach is struggling. It don't seem like it on paper. You look at it, they got an 8-4 record. and But they're 2-4 and four in, the, in the Big Ten. They're 2-4. and four. So what they doing? I mean, they just lost to Purdue. Uh, they've got losses to Illinois. They've got losses to Ohio State. So what they, I mean, they lost to Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Purdue. Those are three of their four Big Ten losses. So what are they going to do? Aaron Henry is their, is their best player right now. He leads them in points, assists, steals, and blocks. And then you got one more guy in double figures. That's Joey Hauser. He averaging 12 points per game. After that, you got a bunch of guys at seven, eight, nine points per game. So either they're worried about scoring they're worrying about minutes. You got Rocket Watson who don't want to play the point. So now the older guys are on the team like, okay, young dog say he don't run the point. You pull him off the point. We lose the game. And then now what? So I know for sure that had an effect on their psyche or their, the, the character of their team. Uh, because, okay, they beat Rutgers at home. That's a good win. But when you look at the body language of some of the players on the bench during that game, when you go back, it's like, I don't, something ain't right. Something is not right. There is definitely something weighed in the water. It's something in the water. It's something in the water in East Lansing. And hopefully, you're going to find out pretty soon because the Big Ten is so loaded. Every time they lace them up, it's going to be a battle. And Michigan State right now, they don't look like they're battling. They're just playing. So, yeah, I mean, Michigan State, they, they've got a few things to figure out because Big Ten play might do them really bad. Big Ten play might do them really bad. They're really going to have to figure out what they're going to do with that roster because they got some guys coming in. And I'll tell you right now, Max Christie ain't playing. He ain't playing. I mean, he ain't playing no games. Like He coming in playing. Pierre Brooks looked like he going to come in and play and be a factor. Akins looked like he going to come in and play. So these guys better get to doing something or their minutes are going to be going. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple guys put their name in the portal. Would not be surprised if you see like a, a Bingham put his name in the portal. Uh, Rocket Watts, put his name in the portal. Uh, guys like that. Now, I don't have intel information. I'm just speculating. This is all speculation. All right? So, Dan Fife, if you're listening to the podcast, speculation. All right? This is just speculation. I'm just going off of what my eyes see, not what I've heard or what people text me, what I read on Twitter. This is just my speculation. So don't run with it. I know ESPN ain't listening to my podcast, so they can't chop it up and put it on TV. But that's just my take. I think a couple of them guys going to end up transferring. Izzo has done a great job at keeping guys at Michigan State. But in this transfer era, and you're getting a free year, guys are going all over the place. They putting their name in the portal first chance they get. First chance they get. They have a discrepancy on some playing time, playing a position they don't want to play. They're like, I'm just going to put my and it's to the point where you don't have to tell the school. You can just basically say, you know, I'm through. I'm done. And it's nothing the school could do. They got to release you. They, you got to put your name in the portal and they have to follow all the protocols so they cannot stop you. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a couple of these guys like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to try another spot. Maybe it just didn't work out. And that happens all the time. I don't think why Michigan State would be. Uh, a team other than anybody else, sometimes it's just not the right fit. Rashad Williams wasn't the right fit 
at Cleveland State. He goes to Oakland, and then now he's dropping 30s and 40. He's dropping, what, 28, 30 on Oklahoma State? He put 32 on Michigan State? Like, he just wasn't a good fit in Cleveland State of what they tried to do. At Oakland, he's a good fit. Now, is Oakland tearing it up? No, but Rashad Williams is. So sometimes it's just not the right fit, and that's okay. It's a couple guys on the Michigan State roster. It's just not the right fit, and they probably need to go elsewhere. So we're going to watch that situation, but the Big Ten is worthy of your watch this season. The GLIAC. The GLIAC started this weekend. And if you don't listen to my podcast, this is your first time listening to my podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you listening. But I'm going to talk about the GLIAC. What, well, what is the GLIAC? It's the Great Lakes Interscholastic Athletic Conference. It's the best, one of the best Division II conferences in the country. It's right here in Michigan. We've got a bunch of D2 schools here in Michigan, and these guys go at it every, every Friday and Saturday or Saturday and Sunday. It used to be Thursday and Sunday, Saturday, but now because of COVID, they got to play back-to-backs. They got to play back-to-back. So you're going to play one team one night, and you're going to come right back and play that same team the next night or afternoon. So you're going to find out which one of these coaches can coach. You're going to find out if some of these programs can recruit some players. Because if they can't coach and they can't recruit, you're going to find out real fast. And this weekend, you had a couple teams that dropped both games on the road, both games. Well, actually, Davenport, they dropped two games at home, and that other school I used to coach at, they dropped two games at the road. They played Grand Valley. Grand Valley is a national contender this year. They will be a national contender. So losing to them, I mean, you really probably wasn't going to beat them anyway. Let's just be honest. The top teams in the GLIAC right now, in my opinion, you got Grand Valley that's right there. You got Wayne State that's going to be there. Ashland always is going to be uh, pretty good. Northwood is off to a good start, 2-0, but they beat Davenport. And I think Davenport is going to be one of the worst teams in the GLIAC this year. So that doesn't really hold a lot of weight. But you're going to have a lot of teams, a lot of teams, a lot of teams just battling every night, splitting. They playing back-to-back. They split. The whole North Division split. Lake State, Michigan Tech, Northern Michigan, Parkside, Purdue Northwest, and Ferris. They all split. They all split. They all, one team won the first game, the other team won the second game. And that happened throughout the league outside of Grand Valley and Northwood. They swept. Wayne State and Ashton did the same thing. Ashton split with Ferris. So Ferris is going to have, I'm not going to say they're going to have a rude awakening, but for them to be a top three team in the GLIAC this season, you're going to have to get All-American Walter Kelser at 28, 29, 30 points per game. He's got he's to really light it up, light it up for them to be top three team in the GLIAC this year. Because you got some teams like Lake State that got some players from the Metro Detroit area. And we talked about it on the Recruit the Mitten podcast, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it on this podcast. Lake State, they get three recruits from the same school, Ann Arbor Huron, to commit to their school from the 21 class. Same school. They passed by five or six GLIAC schools to go to Lake State. Now, the AD at Lake State has put a heavy emphasis on Michigan players. And I put out a stat, uh, I, place, I placed it on my Twitter feed. I wanted people to know which one of those GLIAC schools are really recruiting Michigan guys. That's why I put it out. That's why I put it out there because you need to know which one of these schools is recruiting Michigan guys. Because if they're not recruiting Michigan guys and I, and I, and I coach in Michigan, well, I kind of want my players to go there. I went years coaching at Renaissance before somebody from my school that I graduated and played from walked into my gym. Matter of fact, they never walked into my gym. But Northwood, they was in my gym every other week. Andy Bronco, Fair State, they was in my gym every week. Wayne State, they was in my gym every week. The school I went to wasn't in my gym. So some of this doesn't make sense at all. That doesn't make sense for Lake State to get four guys committed to three guys committed to their school from one high school, and all three of them can play in the GLIAC. And then you look at their roster again, it's like, man, Nigel Coben's a really good player. Where he played at River Rouge. How'd you get a guy from River Rouge to come all the way to the UP? How'd you get Kemon Bassett to play the Detroit King out of Schoolcraft to come all the way to the UP? Some of these schools, either they got comfortable or they just don't want Michigan players. So this was the, the image that I put on Instagram. I put up the school and how many players on their roster are from Michigan. So here's the numbers. 
by the numbers. These are facts. This is not something, it's not a guess. This is a fact. Lake State leads the GLIAC with most players from Michigan. They got 14 players from Michigan. Wayne State, second, tied with Lake State. 14 players from Michigan. Fair State, 13 players from Michigan. So let me stop right there. No, no, I'm going to go one more further. Grand Valley, 12 players from Michigan. So you've got the one of the best teams in the GLIAC, which is Grand Valley. The team that won a national championship three years ago at Fair State. Both of these teams, both of these teams, a team that won a national championship has 13 guys from the state of Michigan on their roster. You know what that tells me? That tells me you should be able to win with Michigan guys. That's what that tells me. By the numbers, Grand Valley is probably going to be ranked in the country this year, probably pretty soon. So they're getting it done with Michigan guys. Are they getting transfers? Yeah, they're getting transfers. They're getting guys, they call them bounce backs. They're getting guys from Michigan to come back to go to school and to go to Grand Valley. A guy like Deleon Brown, who probably should have went to Western, but since Western really don't recruit Michigan players, he goes all the way out to Colorado and comes back and plays at Grand Valley. Grand Valley got three or four guys like that. And they got some high school kids. Jake Van Tubergen was a high school kid. He just got better. He got better, improved his game. Now he's the best player in the GLIAC. He's the preseason player of the year. He's from Michigan. That means you can win with Michigan players. And that's how Mitten Recruit started. It started because I was just so upset that these Michigan guys got to go to all these wild, crazy players, places to get recruited and play when your own schools that's close to you, they dissing you. Either they dissing you or they don't know. And it's time for somebody to step up and say something. And we go, I'm going to do a little bit more deep dive on the mid-majors here in a second. Because I got a deep dive on that. I want you to really know what's really going on in the mid-majors in Michigan. Well, low-majors. They're not mid-majors no more. They're low-majors. We're going to talk about that too. But I'm going to keep going. Um, Northwood, they're not, they got nine players from Michigan. Michigan Tech got eight players from Michigan. That school I used to coach has seven players from Michigan. Davenport, five players from Michigan. Northern Michigan, two. Now, Northern Michigan, they're closer to Wisconsin than they are Michigan. So I can understand why I only got a couple players from Michigan. But you should have double-digit players from Michigan on your roster. You should. And if you do have Michigan players on your roster and you're not playing them, I'm telling you right now, these coaches, they notice. They notice. They notice. I'm telling you right now, Julian Taylor, the head coach at Saginaw High, if he sends one of his best players to Northwood and Northwood doesn't play that guy, for two or three or four games. You think somebody not texting them that? Like, Jew, why your guy ain't playing? He's like, man, I don't know. I'm trying to stay out the way. Let me find out why he ain't getting no clock. So don't just get for Michigan players and just have them rot on your roster not getting no minutes. No, people notice. We're in the social media era. We notice. You can win with Michigan guys. Hello, Grand Valley 2-0 in the GLIAC. Hello, 2-0 Michigan guys. It can be done. Hello, Fair State, National Championship, Michigan guys. Hello, it can be done. Not to say that you can't have guys from Ohio who are good players. Miles Blue is a good player. Very good player. One of the best players in the GLIAC. He got to go somewhere. Now, I need to talk to the Ohio schools. How you let Miles Blue get away? Miami, Ohio didn't want him. Youngstown State didn't want him. So he got to play somewhere. So you have some of that that does go into play. I'm not saying your whole roster needs to be from Michigan, even though you got some of the best teams in the GLIAC who are primarily have Michigan players. I'm not saying your whole roster needs to be from Michigan. However, when, when people look at your roster, they need to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that kid. Okay, I remember him. Oh, okay. Like, I might want to come and see these guys play. But if you got guys from uh, Milwaukee, and Florida, and New York, and Texas. We don't know them guys. We don't know them guys. I, what, so what's the incentive of, of, of us Michigan people following your team? We're not. We're not. We're going to follow. And don't get mad when you when you hear people always talking about Grand Valley. Or always talking about why do you think people always talk about Grand Valley and Ferris? Because they're us. They're homegrown. They're us. They're one of us. We know them. We know the guys on their roster. They went to our high schools. They played for our AAU teams. They played in our events. Them dudes from out of state didn't. Not to say that they can't play. They didn't. So we're going to take care of our own. It is what it is. So don't get mad when people talking about Grand Valley and Ferris. They got Michigan. Between the two, they got 27 guys from Michigan. It could be done. 
It can be done, and it should be done. But I want to talk about one GLIAC school in particular, Wayne State. This ain't the Wayne State that you didn't have the last three years. I'm putting that on wax. They are dangerous. They're athletic from one through five outside of Nate Talbot. <laughs> He's just a big body inside. But you got Antonio Marshall, who's a sophomore, who's long, 6'4", athletic. You got Avery Lewis. He's a transfer. He had 18 points the second game against Lake State. He's going to be a problem at a 3, 4, 5. You got Braylon Neely, who's a transfer from Oakland, who's a bucket getter and a playmaker. You got Darian Owens-White, who's one of the best players in the GLIAC. All the lower majors wasn't on him. The rest of the GLIAC wasn't on him. You got to play somewhere. He goes to Wayne State, and he's having a heck of a career. He was hurt last year. So that's probably why Wayne State was just middle of pack, not so great last year. I'm telling you this on wax. Wayne State will be a top three team in the GLIAC this year. They will finish better than Ferris. I, I'm telling you, I'm putting on wax. Wayne State is going to be very, 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 very good this year. Darian White, Darian Owens White, and Braylon Neely, and ain't too many guards in the GLIAC that could guard both of them. I'm just going to be quite honest with you. And with the athletic pieces that are around, uh, L.J. LaDuff, oh, uh, uh, L.J. Wolf, uh, I forget how you say his name. He can play too. They got players on this roster. So when you look at their roster, you're like, oh, snap, he can play. And you're like, oh, okay, them three guys, oh, man, they can play too. Oh, I remember him. He played at this high school with that Juco. Yeah, they got players, man. They got players. And Lace, they got players too. Kimon Bassett out of King is a player to watch in the GLIAC this year. Nigel Coven, those two guys are guys that they're going to make their name known. They're going to make all them teams that passed up on them hurt. Like, man, why didn't we get Nigel Coven, man? Well, you didn't know how to recruit Rude's players. If you don't have a relationship with Coach Stone and you just calling up to the school getting transcripts, you're not going to get a player from River Roots. It don't work like that. Now, if I was in the GLIAC, Stone would just send me a couple. Guess who's a uh, uh, league camp? Nigel Coven was at mine. I had them rules guys up. Nah, it ain't up to me to recruit them. I can't offer them. I'm not the head coach. But what I'm telling you is this. If you don't have a relationship with Coach Stone, if you don't have a relationship with some of these high school coaches, you ain't getting their players. So you need to really start developing your relationship with some of these coaches because if you keep recruiting their players and then benching them for three or four games as freshmen and you recruited them to be big-time players – yeah, people are not going to be too happy about that. So that's the GLIAC. My take is Wayne State top three in the, in, in the conference this year. Now, let's get to these low major schools in Michigan. Oh, I'm sorry. Not low major, but you get what I'm saying. And these NET rankings. Now, the thing about these NET rankings, I didn't know it was 340 teams. I thought it was 330-something. But we've had a couple schools go from Division two to Division one, like Bellarmine. Get a little sip of my water. Because I'm about to go in on this. Check out this tweet. So, a couple weeks ago, I got on Twitter. And Twitter is my uh, social media, I don't want to say flex or point of reference. I just like Twitter. I like Twitter. It's a combination of Instagram and Facebook. I interact with a lot of people. And I got my most followers on Twitter. I got five, five, 5,800 followers. So there was a tweet I put out uh, not too long ago that got some heavy traction. I mean, a lot of people saw this tweet. I want to say like 30,000 people saw this tweet. To you, that might not seem like a lot of people. To me, 30,000 is a lot of people. So I wanna, I'm want i going to pull it up here uh, on my feed because I want uh, this is this is what has led me to the, I'm not calling a rant, but a deep dive. This deep dive that I'm about to do on the state of Michigan schools and the players that they recruit and the level of player team that they have. Here's the tweet. And before I say the tweet, the activity tweet, I, I just want to confirm, I'm sorry, 32,000 people saw this tweet. It's a lot of people. So here's the tweet. Central, this is from at Coach Cam 30 on Twitter. Follow me. CMU, Eastern, Western, Oakland, and Detroit. These schools had the best teams in school history with guys from Michigan. I'm watching CMU and Eastern tonight, and it's like maybe five guys from Michigan. When are we going to go back to making Michigan guys a priority to play at these schools, recruit 
the mitten. Now, this was before these NET rankings came out, when they ranked all 340 teams in Division I basketball and their conferences. This was before this came out. Because I'm sitting there at the TV, and I'm watching two in-state schools, and I'm watching guys from Ohio, Florida, Texas, New York, and I'm like, you ain't got no Detroit guys, you ain't got no guys from Southfield, you ain't got no guys from Grand Rapids. Like, it's like literally like five guys that's playing from the state of Michigan. And to watch two Mac schools, I mean, to me, I felt, I'm not to say I felt disgraced, but it was really, it was a mute point. Like, I really, I didn't want to watch the game. To be honest, I didn't want to watch the game. I ended up watching most of it just because I'm just a basketball guy. But I want I want to watch our players, so I'm trying to changing the channel, trying to find teams that got our players on so I can watch them. I'm like, let me see a Purdue on. Let me see what Trey Williams doing. Let me catch Clemson girls and see what uh, old girl from Depsa is doing. I do that, too. I turned on Texas A&M, and the first two, first two possessions, uh, Destiny, who used to come to my camp, she hitting three at the top of the key. I want to see that. I want to see that. I don't want to see the guy from Indy that I don't know. I might I might know him because I might have recruited him, you know, going off and going crazy. I want Michigan guys to be going crazy. So I'm looking at these EDT rankings, and I was like, okay, the first, the first place I started was, where does each state or each school in the state rank? So the best, the best school right now is Michigan. They're fourth. When these came out, they were sixth, right? So I'm just going to give you the rankings when they came out two weeks ago. They might have changed slightly. I checked it, but it's not too much. So Michigan was at six. Michigan State was at 119. They've bumped up. They're in the 80s now. So we're in the top 100. Central Michigan was 232. Oakland, 285. Detroit, I'm sorry, Oakland was 280. Detroit was 295. Western Michigan was 299. And Eastern Michigan was 325. So let's go back to the tweet where I said Central, Western Michigan, Western Michigan, Detroit, Oakland, and Eastern needed more guys from Michigan. Well, I'm looking at teams in the MAC. And I'm looking at the Ohio teams in the MAC. And they all got Michigan players. You want to know where the Mac Ohio schools are ranked? Right now, four or five of them are in the top 100. And each four or five schools has guys from Michigan. So that spent me to another, like, hold up, hold up, hold up. So you mean to tell me that Ohio, the Ohio Mac schools can win with Michigan players? So I'm validating the tweet right now. You can win with Michigan guys. You can. So start recruiting them. Stop letting them pass by. Stop letting the Justin Turner go to Bowling Green. He should be at Eastern Michigan at the very least. At the very least, you let him go to Bowling Green. And not only does he go to Bowling Green, he's one of the top three best players ever in school history. You got Antonio Daniels, who played in the NBA, giving him a video shout out for passing him in points. He top five in points. He got like 1,700 points. And we let this guy get out of the state of Michigan. How? So let's. So the Mac schools in Ohio, four or five of them ranked in the top 100. Our schools, all five of them, bottom 100. You see the correlation there? I know we can win with Michigan guys. I know it, it's right there in the rankings. The Mac schools that got Michigan guys are in the top 100. The schools in the Mac that don't have Michigan players are in the bottom 100. That means they're ranked from 240 to 340. You got Eastern Michigan, who's 325. It's only 340 teams in the country. It's only 340. So they rank 325. You got to be really bad to be 325. So they got to shake something up. So if you're not using Michigan guys, it's time for you to get back to start using Michigan guys. It's time for you to develop more relationships with the AAU coaches, even though there ain't no AAU. You should be blowing Coach Mark's phone up. He had Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Jason Drake should have an offer from every school in the MAC. I bet you if I looked it up, he might have a Toledo offer, Akron offer. It should be Central. It should be Western. It should be Oakland. It should be Detroit. Guy right there. Call Coach Mark. He'll hook you up. But he ain't the only coach like that in high school coach. You need to call Coach Guy to see what's up with these Muskegon kids. He get a kid in college every year. Every year he get a kid in college. He need to be on your, on your radar. But anyway, let's, I'm going to keep diving. So I'm like, okay. Since the Mac schools can be top 100 and they can win with Michigan guys, where are the other teams in the top 100? I'm only talking about top 100 teams. How many other players from Michigan are on their roster? 
and I found 27 or 28 names. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, name you some names. I might miss a couple. Hopefully, I don't. After I name you these names, I'm gonna take out the top five, which are probably high major players, which will probably play at Michigan and Michigan State. The rest of these players should be playing at Central, Oakland, Detroit, Western, and EMU. Here are the players. Eric Williams Jr., he's at Oregon. Amari Hardy, Oregon. Jalen Terry, Oregon. Nolan Foster, Ohio. Dwayne Washington, Ohio State. Travion Williams, Purdue. Matt Nicholson, Northwestern. Jaron Holmes, who used to be Jaron English out of Romulus. St. Bonaventure, who, by the way, just last week was the A-10 player of the week. Moving on. Anthony Roberts, St. Bonaventure. Corey Allen, Georgia State. Jalen Thomas, Georgia State. Taylor Curry, Akron. Ryan Rollins, Toledo. Spencer Littleson, Toledo. Seth Milner, Toledo. Luke Moranga, Toledo. Oh, what? Toledo, like Michigan guys, huh? Okay, they're also number one team in the MAC. You, you get what I'm? You, you see what I'm doing here? The Toledo. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna stop right there. They're the number one team in the MAC. They're five and zero right now, and they got four Michigan guys on their roster. Their best player, Ryan Rollins, is a freshman. They got a stud in him. I'm gonna keep going. Justin Turner, Bowling Green. Chandler Turner, Bowling Green. Joe Moon, Bryant. Danny Pippen, Kent State. Jimmy Bell, St. Louis. Jamal Kane, Marquette. Greg Elliott, Marquette. Leon Ayers, Mercer. Trey Jackson, Seton Hall. And even though he opted out, Lauren Bowman, Wisconsin. So, all these guys play for teams that are ranked in the top 100, and they are from Michigan. So, I'm going to take out Devin Daniels. I didn't say him. Devin Daniels, NC State. I'm going to take Devin Daniels out because he's an all-ACC player. Went to prep school at Prolific Prep. And he probably would go to Michigan or Michigan State. He probably wouldn't go to the mid-major school. So we're going to take him out of consideration. Jamal Kane and Greg Elliott. Those two guys, Marquette's Big E school, they're more high major-ish. The only way they go to a school like Oakland is if maybe their AAU coach coaches there. If he's there a year sooner, he's got both. Both of these guys are at Oakland, and Oakland is the top 15 team in the country. With these two guys. But he didn't get the job a year earlier. He got a year later. And now both these guys at Marquette. They solid. They didn't transfer. They stayed four years. And then it is what it is. So take them out of the equation. Matt Nicholson, big time player. You not turning down Northwestern to go to Oakland. Got it. Trey Williams, Purdue. Got it. High major. Dwayne Washington. He Michigan or Michigan State. You let him go to Ohio State. Got it. Jalen Terry, Jalen Terry was committed to Michigan State, so he probably should have stayed with the way they uh, point guard situation was. He probably should have stayed and played at Michigan State. Omari Hardy is in between. He had a lot of mid-major offers. He has some high-major interests. I'm going to take him off the list, too. Everybody else, so I'm going to count the number names. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 players. 18 players that should be at Central, Oakland, Detroit, Western, and Eastern. So you mean to tell me if you got Danny Pip, if, if I'm Detroit, and you got guys who just live by Callahan Hall. Don't ask me how I know this information because I know players, I know where they live. I used to drop them off. Trust me, I know. Danny Pippen stays two miles from the Callahan Hall. So you mean to tell me you could get, if you had Danny Pippen, Chandler Turner, and let's say Ryan Rollins. Say you got those three guys. They're a top five team in the MAC. Top three team in the MAC. Automatically, with three guys that just live around your school. Three guys just live around your school. You, you can pick a three. You can say, well, if you figure out how to get Ryan Rollins, he was mid-major plus. So trying to get... Ryan Rollins is going to take some hell of a recruiting. But Jalen Thomas goes all the way down to Georgia State. He went to UAD. He went to UAD with Chandler Turner. I'm telling you right now, if UAD had went, these UAD guys had went to Detroit, you got Chandler Turner, who's not getting a whole lot of mission minutes at Bowling Green because he playing behind his teammate. He playing behind one of the best guards in the MAC ever. He ain't going to play there. But at Detroit, he could get some run at Detroit. With Jalen Thomas, who's a who's a, a beast inside, blocking shots and getting rebounds, I mean, 
I hate to do your job for you, coaches. And I know there's coaches that listen. And I know there's coaches that listen, that pass the word, and say, man, you need to listen to Coach Cam. I ain't really affiliated. I got my own thing going. My wife is like, are you going to burn bridges by doing this stuff? At this point, I'm turn, I turn 40 in 10 days. I don't care. Nine days. I don't care. It don't matter to me no more. What, what matters to me more is my family and my boys the most. And if it don't affect them, it really don't matter. So me talking about these college schools and, and people are like, oh, man, can that might cost, cost you a college job. I already had one for three years. Ain't got a master's. Will I coach college again? I don't know. I might. I might not. I might just do this. I kind of like it. And I'm kind of good at it. And I'm pretty factual. And this is a fact. These 18 guys should not be playing at schools outside of Michigan. That is a F-A-C-T fact. And the fact that they are is shame on some of you coaches and universities for not recruiting these players. That's why I did the whole recruit the mitten thing. It's, that's how I started. I'm looking at all these guys. I'm looking at just Toledo. They got, man, Spencer Littleson shooting 45% from three. Rochester Adams worked out with Rashad Phillips. You mean to tell me you can't recruit him right down the street? Oakland, he could walk to Oakland gym. Like, it's that kind of stuff, man, that really pisses me off. A guy like Spencer Littleson should not have to drive right past Oakland to get on 75 and go to Toledo. He shouldn't have to. He should be able to go right down the street, play for Greg Campy, and be one of the top, you know, he, he, Travis Bader, Hooper. But it's a couple miles. guy like Spencer Littleson should be at Oakland. He should. guy like Danny Pippen should be at Detroit. These guys live in your neighborhood. Like, I used to say this about... Um, high school teams. But how you let a guy that live in Persian neighborhood go to Harry Ford? Like, even that was asinine to me. I used to drop kids off. I used to be like, my man, like, you go to Harry Ford. Why am I dropping you off on Seven Mile and Ryan? Why you go to Persian? Oh, well, X, Y, and Z. I'm like, well, that don't make sense, but all right. Like, to me, that didn't make sense. There was a time when you went to your neighborhood school. You went to your neighborhood college. Not, I guess that ain't the case. But you know what? You got to recruit these players. And if you don't recruit them, of course, they got to go somewhere. Leon Ayers got to go somewhere. He's good enough to be a college player. And he got to go all the way to Georgia and play for Mercer and average 12 points a game. You mean to tell me Leon Ayers can't play at Detroit? Or Western or Central? That's the part that's upsetting to me. Hopefully that changes because right now we've got five schools in the bottom 50 in the country. Four schools in the bottom 50. You mean to tell me we've got the worst schools in the country basketball-wise and somebody not going to get upset and say something about it? Well, I'm going to say something about it. And if I was a coach, I was about to, I was about to say something. I, I, I ain't going to say that. I'm going to backtrack. But... I'm going to tell you like this. Change your, change your practices. Do something different. Because right now the results say um, the highest ranked team you got is 240. You're in the bottom 100 in the country. That means some coaches might be, eh, they on short leashes. That two-year deal might get swapped out for a one-year deal. You on your end of your contract. I don't know. I hope you didn't offer nobody in the 21 class. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But what I do know is, these coaches and the coaches that go to these schools, if these guys happen to, to take other opportunities, you need to start recruiting Michigan. There's no reason Julian Lewis should be playing at William & Mary. He's committed to William & Mary. Quinn Bear plays at William & Mary. You want to know how, how close Julian Lewis plays in distance to Eastern Michigan University? Less than 10 miles. Shoot, it's less than five. I'm going to tell you right now, man. Stop letting these kids leave the state of Michigan or these results are going to continue. They're going to continue. If you want to be a bottom 100 team in the country, bottom 100, but you don't have Michigan guys, don't get mad when people stop supporting your teams. Stop wearing your gear. Stop going to your team camps when they can happen in the summer. Don't get mad when you used to get 50 teams 50 to 100 teams at your team camp, and it's like 25. And those 25, half of them are JV teams. And you're getting the bottom of the bottom. You're not getting the Castex, the Muskegons, the Bellevilles, the Huron. You ain't getting those teams. Those teams going to Michigan, Michigan State, and that's it. 
They're not going to nobody else team camp. Don't get mad. They start picking some other schools to go to. Like, you know what? Maybe I should go to Toledo's team camp. They got four of my guys on their roster. They're recruiting Michigan guys. Maybe I should go to Grand Valley's team camp. They got a whole roster of Michigan guys. Why am I going to Detroit team camp for? They're not recruiting our players. They're just taking our money. That's the bottom line. So either y'all start changing your practices or this is going to continue. So I just wanted to back my tweet up with some facts, some factuals, some things that, oh, yeah, that makes sense. If they bottom 100 in the country and they don't have Michigan guys, yeah, that does kind of make sense. But it's your coach that knows hoops the most. Time to really in episode one, season three. You already know how it be. Uh, remember, go to MittenRecruit.com, follow Mitten Recruit on Twitter, at Mitten Recruit, to hear everything about Michigan recruits, because since they don't go to Michigan schools, somebody got to get them. You know, they can't all go to the GLIAC. Some got to go mid-major, some got to go low-major, some got to go high-major. Somebody got to recruit these players, so make sure you go to my website so you know who to recruit, because you know that... I'm the guy, I'm the coach that knows hoops the most. It's your coach, Coach Cam, and I'm going to holler at y'all, man. Peace. It's your coach.